Yes, I have a new shirt on, $17 of value right here. How's everybody going? Man, it was cold this morning. But that's good because you're here. And our heater is slowly working. I asked April during the worship. I still see a lot of scarves out there. I have turned it up. Today, what I want to talk to you guys about is uh, small acts have great impact. Just a small act, something very insignificant, something small, you might not think will make a difference. But if you add all of those things together, it actually, in a combined total, makes a great impact. You know, Jazz, I just want to honour you because you're a legend, man, and you're here and it's cold and you work outside, so this is probably lovely, actually, really. But you're a man of God. You know, you playing drums is playing your role. And I, I just feel, man, that, that God, God is positioning you for greatness. But He's going to do it through small acts. So it's the little things, it's the small things. And as you continue to do those small things, it's going to lead to something great. So stay the course, stay the journey. And we value you, man. Thank you for what you do. Let's give him a hand. That's awesome. Do you know, whether it's standing in the car park on a freezing morning, Sean Eady, thank you for filling in last minute. He's probably he's the child whisperer. He'll be somewhere with a child at the moment. But the car park, it's not about the car park at all. Car park's about people. Do you know that when people arrive here, why we put people in the car park? We've got plenty of parking. There's parking everywhere. There's parking behind us. There's parking out the back. Soon enough, that'll be available on Sunday mornings across the road. People are in the car park because we want those that are visiting and our family to feel welcome. Small act, great impact. Catering. Do you know you go out there? You fill up your coffee cup with uh, water after putting your coffee in there. What happened if there, there was no water in there? It's because there's water in there because I know the catering team fill it every Sunday morning. Now you might think it's small and it's in, it's insignificant, but they're doing it because all things added up ends up with a great impact. Standing at the door, smiling. It's not about standing at the door. It's not about handing out my brochures. They're awesome. But it's because small acts add up to great impact. We are the body. We are the body. We all function in very different roles, but no one's higher than anybody else. But as we work together, all of us with our small acts of service to the kingdom, it collaboratively adds up to great impact, big impact. You know, I have a dream and a desire that, that it's very simple, that a person that doesn't know Jesus, that is intimidated about coming to church, hops out the car and goes, oh, I don't really know where to go, but they're meted by somebody in the car park. And they say, hey, welcome, just head over to that door. Then there's someone at the door waiting with a smile. Welcome, here's what we've got going on in the church. Someone helps them into the cafe afterwards, gives them something to eat, gives them a coffee, has a chat with them, connects them with something. In the meeting, I pray that they experience God. But you know what? 
with all of these small things adding up, they actually go home greatly impacted. Amen? And I pray that for all of you. So what I want to do just quickly is I just want to pray and then we'll get into the Word this morning. So let's stand. I want to stand together as we, let's pray. Plus, it's good to keep you moving. You'll stay warmer. If you feel comfortable and you're able to, I want raise your hands. We, we do this, I do it for two reasons. One, I do it as a sign of surrender to God. But in all honesty, I raise my hands because after a while they get tired. And that tiredness is a constant reminder of what I'm doing because I float off anywhere. That's who I am. I want to focus on God because He's here this morning. And I believe this morning is going to be significant for people. Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that You'll speak through me and that You'll speak to every person that is here this morning. Lord, we are here because we want to honour You. We want to live our lives to glorify Your name and nothing else. Lord, I pray that every person here will be inspired this morning to play their role that only they can play. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Awesome. Why don't you give Dan a hand on the new piano? Hey, Dan, just quick. Don't worry about the table, Dave. I came up with another idea while I was in the worship. Thank you, though. Hey, why don't you give us um, some, some, just a quick, uh, don't do that, you're too organised. He was here four hours yesterday tuning in a piano. Yeah, Dan gets, see the other piano guy gets excited. I don't know about you, but I just thought you rock up and you turn it on. But there is a lot of buttons going up up here. Um, look, he's not even doing anything and it's still making noise, but isn't that, wait, come on, just give me one real gospel, gospel one. Have you got, I think it's number three. Give me something real gospel. Like pretend we're, we're in North, we're in America, we're in the Bible Belt. I'm wearing a suit. I've been sweating, preaching three hours. Just give us something with that one. And then Jesus was here. Oh, yeah. No, that's good. Awesome. Take a seat. Oh, brilliant. Give down a hand. So what I want to talk about today, very simple. Your small acts in the body of Christ, the church, lead to big impact. Do you know, there are heaps of examples that I could talk about where people playing a small role that may appear insignificant, but yet, if they were missing, you would notice. Let me give you an example. No one ever thinks about the cleaner until you've seen a dirty toilet. Can I get an amen? You go, you walk in, if it's clean, you do what you got to do, you walk out, it's fine. But if you walk in there and you go, oh, where is the cleaner? But that's somebody playing a role if you don't notice. Do you know that you come in on a Sunday morning and there is a heap of things that are going on that in order for it to flow properly, people have to play their role and you don't notice. Like, for example, I didn't change the batteries in this microphone, but if the sound man didn't play... But when everybody plays their role, it's pretty cool. Hey, you wouldn't notice that the sound man wasn't here until something. When everybody plays their role, things flow. So what it is, is it is the body working together to function in a simple function, which is to honour and glorify God. Do you know that everything that is done in this church, behind the scenes, you guys are serving the vision. Yeah. 
Do you know every video that is played, someone has edited it behind the scenes. But I thought what I'd do is I'd give you an example of what would happen if you were to leave Jordan alone with no video editing. So please turn the screen, have a look. Hi, I'm Jordan. I like long walks on the beach and poetry. Ladies, what do I say here? Yo, Awakened Youth, it's your boy, Jordan. Yeah, that's, that's not gonna work, is it? Hey, Awakened Youth, it's been an awesome term too. We're heading into term three now. Got a massive term. We've got Hope Tour coming up. We've got Youth Alive coming up. It's gotta be huge. Can't wait to see you there. See the example? I wasn't with him when he made that video. But the thing is, is that when we take a video at this church, when we make something, someone goes in and they, they choose where it's going to be filmed. They actually try and, and I don't always listen, but they try and tell us what to say and, and what we need to express. But the thing is, is that it all comes together where a person would choose music. They'll choose a background scene. They'll choose what to say. And all of it working together and all of it flowing together comes to a video that is seamless because everybody plays their role. But here's the thing that I want everybody to get a hold of this morning. It's very simple. It's not about doing a job. It's about serving God. It's not about doing something that's so minute that you think no one ever notices because God does. It's actually about serving the body of Christ and honouring God. So what I want you guys to do this morning, if you could turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 12, 12. We're gonna read a portion of Scripture from there. I'm reading from the NLT version because that is my uh, devotional Bible at the moment. Um, so I'll read it to you now. It's called University and Diversity, Unity and Diversity in the Body. It says, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its parts form one body. So it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free. And we were all given to the one Spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not the hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not the eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as He wanted them to be. If we're all one part, if they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the foot, I don't need you. On the contrary, these parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honourable, we treat with special honour. And the parts that were unpresentable are treated with special modesty. 
while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honour to the parts that lack it, so that there is no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. So I wanna talk to you guys today about that. We're talking in this scripture about the body, about many different parts coming together to form one body and to carry out one function. We know that we're the bride of Christ. We know that we are here to go and make disciples and we are here to be in relationship and honour God. But in verse 17, the first point that I want to talk to you guys about today is this. You are unique. This is what it says. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? You are unique. You're not meant to be like anybody else. Because what it's saying in that scripture is that if we were all the same, there would be parts missing. If we only had keyboard players at this church, drums would be missing, bass would be missing, singing would be missing. Did I forget anything? Guitar would be missing. Sorry, Jordan, I could feel the eyes burning me. Then it was quite warm, should stay there. But it was the fact that because we are different, There's beauty in it. There's uniqueness in it. You are special by God's design for you to carry out what only you can do. I want you to turn to the person next to you, look at them square in the eyes and say, I am special. No one said it with conviction. I'm special and I'm, I'm falsely humble too. You are special because you are uniquely designed by a God that doesn't make mistakes. He created you to be the way you are. Do you know that the special and unique skills that God has given you allow you to succeed in other situations where people wouldn't? Your skills give you the ability to win because God placed that on your life. Do you know, a few years ago, I bought a caravan. I don't know if you've heard about this story because I'm still working through it, but this caravan leaked like you ever believe. It was incredible. When we bought it, it was unreal. It was super clean on the inside. It didn't smell like it had been wet. I couldn't see any water damage in the roof, but it had been stored undercover. So when it rained, it never got wet anyway. So I said, that's cool. It's an affordable price. I'm going to bring this caravan home and I'm going to fix it. I turned that thing into more silicon than caravan and it still leaked. I mean, I had friends come around. We had silicon parties. We, we, We gooed everywhere. I worked the window. I worked the window. I worked the window until the window began to shrink. I then went the roof. We then tried everything. Every time it would rain, I would sit in the caravan in depression. As I could see, I didn't know where it was coming in, but I could see it begin to come in. So I got to the point where I'm like, this caravan is useless. It may as well sleep outside on the ground. So I sold it for a quarter of a price to a friend of mine. His name was Steve Wright. Steve Wright fixed the caravan in one afternoon in about 20 minutes. 
Why didn't he come around before I'd sold it? That's what I want to know. But what happened is that he had a different skill set to me and to the guys that I had asked. And because of his uniqueness, because of what he carried, he was able to succeed where I wasn't. When the body comes together, there are going to be people that are going to play a role that you can't carry. But they can. But know this, there are roles that only you can carry in your uniqueness. Do you know, if everybody was a visionary leader, there would be great vision, but no work would get done. I know this because Nick is a visionary leader. And when we came to this church, I thought I was too. And he would set vision and there was only one person to delegate it to. And that was me. So I had to learn to become a process person. I had to learn to be able to get things moving along and great vision and not get excited about talking about it and then actually rush at last minute to get it done. But actually go, great vision, let's set out process. But I've learned this, that if everybody was a process person, there would be incredible list writing. There would be incredible meetings, but there would be people that would be too intimidated to do the work wrong because they're scared of the process. But when a visionary leader and a process person comes together and then those that want to serve the vision, something begins to happen. Because you are unique. Turn to the person next to you and tell them you are special. So that was a bit more conviction, but still people didn't turn. I'm like, oh, I don't know who I'm sitting next to. Now turn to the person on the other side and say, I am special. Getting a bit more, getting a bit more conviction. Do you want to know how you become unique? God designed you. He made you. But it's actually allowing God to shape you. How do you allow God to shape you? Well, first of all, you have to submit. You have to trust. You have to let go. You have to listen. Do you know, I've quickly realized that sometimes when, when you're hitting a, a brick wall in life or there's a closed door, have you ever considered that maybe it, it's a space that you're not shaped to fit into? But yet sometimes in life, situations just fit. They just click. They just slot in. You quickly, because all of a sudden you realize that you're in God's will. You've been shaped and it just fits in. But you need to be submitted in order to be shaped. So if you want to get to a place of uniqueness where God can use you by His design to function as only you can, you need to submit to His will so that He can shape you and guide you and build areas in your life to see you be fruitful in the body. But the good thing about it is that because you are unique, you can never fall for the trap of comparing yourself to someone else. Don't compare yourself to someone else's ministry or someone else's function because in verse 15 it says this, the foot cannot say because I am not the hand, I don't belong to the body. On the contrary, they both play vital roles. They both play vital roles. But you need to allow yourself to be shaped. Because as God shapes you, He builds things in so that you can sustain 
when you need to move in your gifting. You know, I think about God shaping a person and the biggest example I can think of And for every person that's had multiple kids and that haven't yet, let me explain this to you. When you have your first child, you think your world changes, and it really does. You think you're so busy, it's incredible how how stressed you are because you're like, oh my gosh, I have a child every time it coughs, you take it to hospital, at least that was me anyway. And and you, you look at this child and you think, oh my gosh, this is so busy, the kid's in everything, this is unbelievable. And that happened for me when I held Kiara. And shortly after that, we found ourselves at my oldest sister-in-law's and my brother-in-law's, their house. They had three kids. And I was looking around like, oh, glory. How do you handle three kids? There is stuff everywhere. I feel out of order just being in the house. I can't relax here because they're crazy. And I have one. I don't think my capacity could ever go beyond one. And my sister-in-law said this to me. It's awesome because if you're blessed enough, and if you're blessed if you don't, but She said, in our situation, God only gave us one at a time. So we grew one at a time. And I agree with that because what happened for me is that I was shaped as a father as I looked after Kiara and I grew in the capacity and I became more patient and I became more relaxed. And then all of a sudden a second one came along, but I was at a capacity where I had been changed in my nature that I was able to handle it. So I was growing into the way that God was shaping me into my uniqueness as a father for the children that he was going to give me. And then the third one came along and I nearly had a breakdown. No, I didn't. It was been amazing. But God has grown me on the journey as a parent, as a husband, as a friend. You know, your life goes on after you have kids because you continue to function in the body. Now when we go back to one, because I've been shaped, I find it easy because I'm used to having three. But that has happened because God has shaped me on the journey. But it takes submission. It absolutely takes submitting to God. You get in a situation, say, God, I want you to to develop me and, and I want you to position me so that I can succeed. Does everybody want that for their life? What's great about this scripture is you need to read verse 18 because verse 18 says this, but in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Next slide, Sammy. God has positioned you. You are positioned. Where you are is because God has placed you here. So serve it with excitement. But I realised that as I reflected upon it this week, that uniqueness and positioning and shaping by God actually both require submission. Because to allow God to shape you, you have to let Him outwork things in you and go through situations where at the end of it you go, wow, I am changed. I have been changed. God is making me more like Jesus. I'm becoming unique. But He also, He has to, in order to position you, you have to let go. Now, I tried to think of an example and I had this idea during the worship. So we'll see how it goes. So can I have Dave and Cliff come up uh, to the, just up to the stage with me for a minute? I've got, give a hand for my guys that didn't know they were going to help me. Yeah, look how willing they are. Okay, awesome. So we'll see how it goes, but it'll be fun.
either way. So let's pretend that I'm here and this is my life and my world. I want to try and explain uh, what, what, what I want to do. Now, in order for God to reposition you, you have to submit, correct? Because if you're not submitted, things can change. So let me give you an example, boys. What I want you to do is, uh, can you pick me up and I want you to move me onto the other chair. We're, we're going to be, oh, come on, we got, so, oh, we, no, no, we, I want to go onto that chair, that this chair has to stay. We've got to get friendly. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Really didn't think about it too well. It's going awesomely well. What, what, don't drop me down. See, that was awesome. Hey. I got, I got there, hey, I might get Erin um, just to head to the back if she could, that'd be great. Everyone looking at me. So what had happened is I had got repositioned. I was awesome. So I was completely into it. I was willing for it to happen to me. But what happens if submission isn't at the forefront? So I might get you guys to come back real quick, just for a minute. Now, what I want you guys to do is I want you guys to just take me back over again. But I'm not coming this time. I'm not coming, right? It's not happening for me. So why did I pick Superman and Batman for this? Okay. Now, thank you, boys. Give them a hand as they go. That's awesome. Now, are we like that with God? Do you find that sometimes when God tries to reposition you, this can happen. You can submit to the process and it's quite a pleasant journey. And you get there and you get to the place where God wants you to be and you're comfortable you're settled, you're ready to engage because you're here. But here's the thing, is that in that scripture, it says God positions you as He wants you to be. So this is what it means. Regardless of whether you kick and scream and fight, you're gonna end up here anyway. So do you come here on the journey where God is positioning you and shaping you and be comfortable and be ready to go? Or do you kick and scream the whole way and eventually get here and you're at risk of injury, you're exhausted, it takes you longer to settle because you've fought the whole journey? God positions you. But one of the requirements is submission. God Tell me where you want me to be. God, continue to shape me. You know, that's a prayer that I pray every day. Lord, help me to be more like you. Tell me what you need me to do. Tell me where you need me to go. In Psalm 143, 10, this is what it says. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on a straight path. So at the start of that, it says, teach me. To be taught by someone, you need to submit to them. And then it also says, lead me. It also says, position me. Show me where you want to go. You need to be submitted. You need to be listening. Psalm 132, 8, I always speak to myself. This is what it says. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and I will watch over you. God wants to lead me on the best pathway for my life. Now, I know that what God has called for my life and for your life is specific to you. And because it's specific to you, He knows the best journey for you to go on. So you've got to allow Him to shape you. You have to allow Him to position you in the body. 
so that we can all function better for community, for outreach, for your life, for your family, for this place. We are the body. We are one, but we all carry different roles. So listening to God, we know that's simple. Get on your knees, pray, wait on the Holy Spirit. Let Him speak to you. Let Him guide you. Talk to people around you. These are the processes that I always go on before I make a big decision. Timing and circumstance, all of these things can line up to where God is positioning you. Sometimes the timing doesn't work out. That doesn't mean it's not God because sometimes you have to allow God to keep you in the same place in order to move you to the right position in the future. You know, recently I heard a testimony this week of a friend of mine. He'd been in the same job for quite a few years now, uh, works in inner city Melbourne. And um, recently he goes, oh, I wanted to put the feelers out. I just felt like I wanted to do that. So he went um, for another job. And what happened is during the interview process, uh, he got another interview, as it seems to be there's a few these days. And um, during, between the first and the second interview, he felt this conviction in his heart that, no, God is actually wanting me to stay. He couldn't understand why. He didn't know why. But he said, no, if God is telling me to stay, I, I need to be, be honouring of that. So he closed the uh, interview process off. He called them and said, thank you. Look, I feel I need to stay. I, I think this is just where I need to be. Now, he didn't tell anybody about that at his work. He, he didn't hold them at ranch and say, hey, I'm going for another job. No one knew anything. Do you know that on Tuesday, I knew because he'd asked me to pray for uh, the interviews and then he also told me that he felt he needed to stay. This week on Tuesday, they came to him. Now, he's not on a significant income. It's not a bad income. It's not significant. They came up to him this week knowing nothing that he's been journeying through, but he felt God was telling him to stay. They came up to him this week, said, we reviewed your position. And he's like, oh, uh-oh, maybe I heard wrong. They go, and we're giving you a $17,000 pay rise. And you have no extra responsibility. You don't have to change what you're doing. Just keep being you and playing the role that you're in. $17,000 pay rise. Thank you, Jesus, that he was listening. Because God had positioned him. He had waited. He had been submitted. He didn't believe the timing had worked up, so he stayed. And he'd been positioned for the best pathway moving forward. Sometimes for you to move into your destiny, you need to be repositioned. Do you know when the disciples woke up, they, they had a plan, they had it worked out. They go, I am going to catch fish. I am going to be a fisherman. But what did Jesus do? He repositioned them from being fishers of fish to fishermen of men. Sometimes you need to be repositioned in order for God to move you into your destiny. So don't be scared of change. Don't be scared of your uniqueness and allow God to position you. Now I keep moving forward because I've seen the time. Point three, you are valued. Dan, I might get you to come up wherever you are. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, 
Those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Don't think that because your service is small that it isn't absolutely required to the body. It says here that the weaker are indispensable. The little things, you can't move them out of the equation. Do you know, here's an example I want to give you guys. At the age of 12, I stood to the left of a stage as a young man and I had been asked to do an offering at a youth conference called Top Gun. I was 12 years old and at the moment, when they asked me, everyone knows my personality, I was completely up for the idea. I was like, yes, awesome. I had my plan. I was going to talk about tomatoes and the seed of the tomato. It was growing very woggy, wasn't it? But that's what I was rolling with because I grew tomatoes myself. That's what I did every year. I grew tomatoes. They were the bomb. But I was like, yeah, I'm into it. Absolutely. But as I stood on the side of the stage and I looked out and I saw just over 1,500 young people there, all of a sudden, I was like, I am 12 years old. There are so many spelling mistakes on my notes. Nothing's changed there. And um, I'm like, I am completely overwhelmed. And I remember that I was like having a little peek and a little panic. Having a little peek and I'm like, oh, I'm having a little panic. And I was getting to this moment where I was becoming overwhelmed by the situation. And I felt that this was going to happen. I was going to get out there and I was going to go. The buckets are on the left-hand side. Um, and that's what I was going to do. I'm like, God, you have to help me. And I was in this panic. And I don't know why, but there was a guy there named Stuart Wilkinson. Stu's now my brother-in-law. But at the time, I was 12. I wasn't married yet. Joining the dots. So I'm there and I'm panicking. And Stu comes walking around the corner. He's 14 years older than me. He's been around. He was actually the youth pastor at this church about 15 years ago when it was Greensboro Apostolic. And he just came up behind me, put his arm around me and just said, man, you were created for this moment. You're anointed for this moment. God bless him and let him be who he is and walked off. Small prayer, 30 seconds changed my whole mentality. In that moment, he actually played a role just as important to me because fear had taken my words away. But his faith brought them back. Never underestimate your value. A smile to a person visiting A handshake. Helping out. You know, I look at people like Danny Delmo, who's been working a lot for the election, but last Sunday afternoon, so inspired by him, just everyone's gone home. It's in the afternoon and he's vacuuming the auditorium. It inspires me. Because he gets it. We are the body. We need each other. God shaped you for your uniqueness so that you can play your role in the body together so that we can have an impact. We can bring honour and glory to God and we can be the bride of Christ that He comes back for. So don't ever think that small acts 
or humility don't bring greatness because God sees your act. And if the thing most dear to Him was born in a humble manger, the King of Kings, Jesus born in a manger, He sees when you pick up that rubbish in the car park. He sees when you try and encourage that person at a cafe. He sees when you wave a person in in traffic. You are valued. If I could have coffee with every one of you every week, I would, but I'd never get any work done. But you're valued. Every person that's here today, you play a vital role in the body because you're unique. No one can bring what you bring. You're positioned by God. Be submitted to that. Listen to God. Pray. Get on your knees so that you get there quickly and comfortably. Because our God is good, isn't He? Ephesians 4.16 says this, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Each part does its own special work. Your work is special. Whether it be in this building or in the community, your work for the body is special. And because of that work, it helps the other parts grow. Do you know that when Stu prayed for me, he did his role, but it affected my journey. So that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So serve. It says there each part does its work. So mature. It says that as it grows, that, 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 uh, a symbol of maturity, of growing together in love, encourage one another. Let's pray real quick. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for every person that's here today. Lord, I thank you that they sit in these seats. Lord, I pray that they will know that they are unique for a reason. They have giftings and ability that only you have purpose for them, for the role and the design. Lord, help them to be positioned, Lord God, through submission, through listening to your Word. So Lord God, that they can help the body to function and know that whatever role that you have given them, it is important and it is valued and it is vital. And it, as your Word says, is indispensable. It cannot happen without. I pray in Jesus' Name. Amen. Hey, what I want to do this morning, um, we've been battling over the uh, timing of this, but uh, I want to do it today. I want to do the Hope Tool offering. Now let me explain to you what happened.